right, welcome to Heart of the Matter Interviews. I'm sitting here with Angela Kelly. I have heard so much about her from this person and that person and this person. She's kind of like if you grew up in the same neighborhood and you went to the same store, grocery store, and you see a person in the community all the time and they interest you and uh, you know there's something, you know they do something, but you really don't know what it is. I know what she does. I've read it, but I don't know Angela. And uh, this is going to be the time where I get to uh, get to know her and everything that she's involved in, which is quite a bit. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. As you uh, may know, we start off with the person, go as far back as you can, and we're especially interested in relationship to uh, mom, dad, siblings, church, Mormon church, mm-hmm. religious upbringing, and then just just your course through high school up to college if you did it or whatever, and uh, you know what was happening with you not only in your life. But what was happening with you in relation to the LDS Church? Mm -hmm. And then we'll branch into uh, all the things that you're involved in and your future ambitions, which I've just heard a little bit about. Yeah, we're not going to mention that, though. We're not? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. No, not the details. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's another thing to bring up now, (laughs) uh, Angela, is if I ask something, you just say, Sean, you just cut that off right there. All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'll let you know. (laughs) All right. So go ahead. The time's yours, and then I'll interrupt you if I am curious or or whatever. Oh, you want me to start back when I was a kid? Back when you were born a poor... All right. Ah, Well, my dad should like this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I was born uh, the only daughter of nine children in the church. What state? Um, Well, my father was military, so Mm -hmm. I was born in Alabama. And I spent most of my upbringing in the South, but we lived all over. Mm -hmm. Um, Kansas, West Point Military Academy. uh, I ended up graduating high school over in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of those three places, mostly Georgia, Alabama. Um, Not Stuttgart, Germany. No, uh, Grafenbeer. But I know where Stuttgart is. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. So my parents... My mom was raised LDS, but not really. Um, she didn't come from an active family at all. And my father was raised Methodist. And so the way the story goes with the religion is that my dad asked, my, he was the one that asked my mom, like, tell me more about your religion. Um, my dad is from the South. Really, it's, Well, it was a very small town back then. It's growing now. Um, really good, strong Methodist family, good family, good values. Um, and he was persuaded to join the church. So um, I was raised LDS, but... So the first caveat is not in Utah. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Big difference. Uh, big difference. It's a whole different world outside of Utah. Um, but beyond that, we were really only... And this might upset my parents, but, you know, it is what it is. We were really only active on Sunday mm. for those three hours. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't call us a very religious family, although parts of it were. Mm. Like, we, we didn't... I can probably count on one hand how many family meetings we had. We did discuss religious topics which I'm grateful for. And I'm, I'm actually very grateful, especially now, for the things my father brought, meaning his Methodist upbringing. Sure. So, like, I remember listening to preachers on TV 
So you would never have that here in a family raised in the Mormon church in Utah. You just wouldn't have it. And so because of that dynamic and like my relatives on my father's side were all different Christian religions, I never, I was not one to think, even though I was taught Mormonism was the only way, I didn't really, it didn't mesh with my life because I was like, well, there's no way my aunt and uncle here going to hell. I just, I just didn't believe that. Who taught you, mom or the people at church, that Mormonism is the only way? Um, well, mostly the church, but I, would, I think my mother fully believes that. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, some questions just about yeah. that, because the way you're describing the family, was there coffee, yes. pots? Yes, coffee. Okay. Yes, and cigarettes. Oh, and cigarettes. But. So that's kind of a. St- but my mom taught gospel doctrine. Did she smoke? Yeah. Wow. So my mom smoked and drank coffee, mm. not my father. Mm. Um, but my mom always held callings like that. Mm. So, and we, we basically had the church library in our house. I grew up with Journal of Discourses. Mm. All of them. Like, we had an entire room, like probably six or seven bookshelves full, all the church books. Wow. You know? And uh, as I said earlier, I mean, I, I've never really been a TV person. I've always been a reader. So I, I grew up with that. But you also don't question things in those situations either, mm-hmm. right? So, so and it, therefore, mom smoking and drinking coffee probably didn't go to the temple. My parents were sealed, but my mom never went again. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was more active in the church. He was definitely like the, the better example as far as a human being example. Mm-hmm. My father held callings also, um, attended the temple. Overall, great guy. They still alive? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Very close with my dad. Uh, my mother does not speak with me since I left the church. Mm, we'll have to talk about yeah. that when we get to... When we get to that part. You left the church! Hadn't... Yeah. Spoiler alert! Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> but I, I don't have anything... Uh, I'm not going to speak in a derogatory way about the church but mm-hmm. I mean I will talk about why I left and mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing actually mm-hmm. so of the nine uh, children mm-hmm. how many are active any uh, of nine children to my knowledge only one wow mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me mm-hmm. yeah so um, growing up what type of kid were you? You were a reader, so you were yeah. more intellectually inclined? I mean, really liked books, really liked music. Aerosmith was my favorite band. My All right. were covered with Steven Tyler. <laughs> when I get really upset or really happy, even today, that's what I choose to turn you on. You go to the Aerosmith. I go to Aerosmith, yeah, every time. Yeah. I'm so glad he's still alive. Uh, <laughs> For now. Did you have all the albums? All of them. I loved yeah. Rocks. I thought Rocks was a stupendous album. Yeah. Yeah. I like all of them. Mm. There's none of them are bad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really into music, really into just re- always loved learning. I mean, it's funny because, you know, we just didn't have access to information like we do now. But I remember as a teenager wishing, like I had the concept of the Internet in my head, but not like in words. Mm. You know, it was always like I should be able to just find this information. And I would keep lists of like questions, always questions of things I was thinking about throughout the day. Never was able to find them until the internet. Hmm. And so now it's like a happy dance literally every day. Yeah, wow. Yeah. For a seeker. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Growing up, uh, LDS, but you know, with uh, 
kind of on the uh, the spectrum edge of Mormonism outside of Utah, and then a few differences. Mm-hmm. But did you go to the stake dances? Were you involved with dating only Mormon boys? Very much, uh, but to to a point only. Um, I dated my first love when I was fourteen. He was quite a f- he was four years older than me, mm. but he he was my first love, and he was very good for me. He was a member of my ward, and at that age, at fourteen, I mean, I was I was terrible. Mm. I hated life. There mm. were a lot of reasons for that, but um, I was not a happy person, and I w- and he kind of falling in love does that anyway. But mm-hmm. then he also kind of brought me in more into the religion than I had been. Mm. So I became extremely religious. Um, he ended up, we moved from New York to Georgia. He went on his mission. I still dated while he was on his mission, but I, we wrote letters every week. I fully mm. thought we were going to marry. Mm. I'm glad we didn't mm. um, because I found out things later, you know. Mm. But um, I did date outside of the church, but it was always like I always knew I wasn't going to marry them. Mm. But see, I didn't grow up in Utah either, so you really don't have a lot of choice. Yeah. Even even at stake dances, there's not that many people. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember really falling in love with a guy um, my senior year in high school, and he was such a nice guy. Mm. And I broke up with him because it was like, you're not a member of my faith. Mm-hmm. Now I regret it. Mm-hmm. Right? Looking back, it's like, man, that's so judgmental. Mm. It's wrong. Because uh, he was a nice guy. But they do that to us. But they we do that. Put those blinders yeah. on. And so... So, yeah, I guess in and out. And then, um, so when I, I came to Utah, I graduated high school in Germany. This is in 94. Mm-hmm. And um, the best thing my parents did for me was kick me out. Mm. Um, I say that because I have, my parents have since divorced, and I still have brothers at home mm. that never left. My mother. Wow. So I have a brother who's in his 30s that oh. never left. So I see the devastation that can happen when kids don't leave. I've seen it with four of my brothers. But um, anyway, so I left right after graduating. And my parents basically said, where do you want to go? And I didn't want to go back to the South because it's too hot there. And I was like, well, if I can go anywhere, I'll go to Utah. Maybe I'll straighten my life out. Because uh, I had been partying. I'd been. That was, I mean, if we're going to be completely honest. Why not? Completely honest. Uh, I mean, I was drinking and going to the bars. And my father was Provost Marshall. And he was like, I will not have my only daughter. Like, he was hearing from his people that your daughter is at the bar. Now, I wasn't doing anything except drink. Mm. Um, but regardless, um, that's why I chose Utah. I thought, well, maybe I'll straighten my life out. Maybe I'll go see what, you know, the state that is full of my religious heritage is all about. So that was so when you were at like 18? 17, 17, turning 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Can you, if you want, mm-hmm. uh, are you willing to go back? You said when you were 14 dating mm-hmm. the guy, the other yeah. guy, that you were uh, not really happy. Can you tell us why? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be totally blunt and honest, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the details that I can give. Um, I was molested by a, a brother mm. um, from the time I was 10 until I was 12. Um, and n- no one can, no one, unless they've been through it, knows what that does to you. Mm. And it literally... I hated myself. That's where I went with it. I, I didn't become... There's lots of different uh, fallouts from sexual abuse. Um, I was the girl who completely internalized it and decided I hated everything about myself. I didn't want to be a female. I didn't want to be... I didn't want to exist. 
that's how damaging it was, mm. very damaging. Because even though I knew it was wrong and I didn't want it and I didn't ask for it, I still wasn't brave enough to tell because you aren't. You're manipulated. Um, I still carried for a very long time ideas of just guilt. Like, why didn't you say something, you know? Like it was your fault. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew, but at the same time, I knew it wasn't, but I just, I don't, it's a process, you know, going through that and, and dealing with it. But that's how I dealt with it. I mean, I I became, because, so I've already alluded, um, my mother doesn't speak to me anymore, but we were never close. Never. I don't know. I've never really known why, especially now that I'm a mother. <laughs> like, now that I have my own children, I can't comprehend a mother who treated me the way she did all growing up. Wow. Um, and, it, and it did feel very singled out being the only daughter, mm. right? Like, I remember thinking at six years old, why doesn't my mom want to talk to me? Oh. At six years old. This is horrible. You know, and I look at my kids as they've grown up. I have a daughter who's seven. And I and I remember what it felt like. You know, just how awful it was to know she didn't love me the way that a mother should. And now I can't fully blame her if she ever watches this. Um, I'm at a point now where I feel like she didn't really ha- she didn't have a great upbringing. Her mother was a raging alcoholic. Mm. Uh, her father was in the Air Force and not really home. Uh, he worked a lot. So she basically raised her siblings and didn't really have a mother figure. But even with that, in my mind, there comes a point in adulthood where you make a choice. But but maybe I'm wrong on that. I mean, I, I might be wrong. Maybe there was enough damage there from her not having a, a loving mother where she just really didn't know what to do. But at the same time... The sexual abuse with my brother was such that he was always the favorite. He was always her favorite. Um, so that was very hurtful. It was very hurtful leading up to the abuse to when it happened. Because the only thing my brother had to say to me was, they'll never believe you. And maybe he was wrong, right? But not in my mind. Because the relationship was already strained. And and knowing what I know now about predators and predatory behavior, I think it was fully intentional. I think he knew. He he preyed on that. That you're not close to mom. And I didn't want to tell my dad because he was a guy. I mean, I just didn't want to go there. do Do you feel still feel guilty for not being able to tell a parent or a No, teacher? not now. Not with what I know now. Mm. Now I just want to change laws. Mm. I mean, that's where a lot of what I do stems from things I've been through, right? Mm-hmm. And that's typical when when you see advocates and people people that are actually out there making changes. It's usually because there's a story behind it. Yeah. It's not just because we're passionate about the cause. Mm. There's a fire underneath it. Sure. So... That's why life was, it was very difficult. But like I said, I mean, I retreated. I didn't, I didn't uh, go off the deep end mm. yet, mm. you know, at that, at that point. Yeah. I, uh, Angela, meet so many. I just like, maybe it's because of the Me Too thing and mm-hmm. coming out and 
But it's just like now, it's like almost every person, every female I meet has been molested who is of a certain age range going backward. It's like, I don't even know if it's going on now. It's still, is it still happening to kids? Oh, yes. I mean, as, as much as it was in the 70s, 60s, as 70s, 80s? As much, if not more. As oh. much, if not more, because think about it. Let's go off data, not my opinion. In a family that's where you have divorce, now think of divorce pre-1970. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, a, if children are being raised in a step family situation, do you know what their likelihood of being sexually molested is? I know. Ten times higher. Mm-hmm. Ten times than if it's their biological mother and father. Wow. We have a lot of divorce. My parents weren't divorced. Yeah. Uh, It it stuns me, the uh, brother-father thing. And it's funny, because he's the one that's active in the church. Oh, yeah. He's the one. Wow. The one sibling. Yeah. So, obviously, that has affected your life in in actually a positive way at this point. At this point, yes. So you're I would never want to redo it. No, no. But at the same time... I wouldn't be this passionate. And that's where, you know, as we get further into the conversation, I hope that we can inspire people that even when you've been through really terrible things, you can do something with that pain in a positive way. Sure. Yeah, that's good. So, we'll talk about that. The, um, so, just since we're on the subject and since you were 10 to 12, yeah, it was your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, for you... You said that made you not want to exist. You didn't right. want to be female. You hated yourself or hated... I hated being human. Yeah, human. I didn't want... Yeah. Do you know... What are the other ways that young girls will respond to being molested? Do, oh, someone might want to hit that. That's an alarm on my phone. Oh. Sorry about that. That's all right. We're just keeping it real, everybody. It's just... Everything's real. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. You can grab it. My phone. It's just the alarm that says... This is awesome. <laughs> this is a first on the Heart of Matter interviews. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. The only thing that would have made that better if that was her mom's saying, "Oh yeah, honey, no. I just want to reconcile with you." I don't think that'll ever happen. She'll probably, if she watches this, she'll be more angry. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just uh, before we jump to that, mm-hmm. uh, girls. You and oh, Christy yeah. have so, a lot in common with mothers, uh, mm-hmm. Christy Johnson, and yeah. her mother was very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of different ways people react, right? Uh, a lot of girls react in a sexually promiscuous way. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was terrified. Wow. And I don't know why that was the response, but it was. Do, uh, and I'm just curious, I don't know, do, do, does it lead some girls to hate men and, and go to uh, Definitely. Well, Ellen. Was Ellen that, mentioned that on her show. Is that her story? She was molested by, I think, her stepfather, and someone asked her in an interview, do you think that played to you choosing to be a lesbian? And she said, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely it would. Yeah. I even understand that. Sure. Yeah. You know? Devastating. Yeah. So you're 17, 18, you say Utah. I say Utah, because I'm thinking, you know, well, may- maybe this is, I'll straighten out my life. And, you know, you're taught your whole life, if you just do everything right, you'll be happy, right? Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, but going, before you get to Utah mm-hmm, yeah. High School, uh, what, were you, what, were your, what were you known for? If someone was going to describe you, would it have been 
uh, ASB or student government or sports? No, I wish. I mean, I wish, looking back. So my father worked a lot, so he didn't really have a lot to do with our education. My mother did, which means she didn't encourage anything. Okay, she was the one that said, just get married to me. Yeah, she didn't encourage really anything. And it's interesting because looking back, like, how is someone supposed to know, even even a 10th grader, right? How are they supposed to know the ins and outs of high school if no one tells them? Right. Like I thought this was what I thought, really, if I want to be in those parts of school, the clubs, um, the sports, I thought I had to already be good at it. Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't about to try out mm. or join anything because I didn't know. No one told me. Mm. You know? So that so wasn't really fair. fostered. Yeah, it wasn't really fostered at all. So you really I mean, when my anything. friends, when we were taking the SATs, I didn't even know what that was for. Mm. No idea. Wow. That's what, that was my parents' job, you know? And, and I've, I've made peace with my father. I love my father. Um, but you know, I've, I've let them know how I felt about that, especially looking back, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very real thing. You know, there's a reason why they choose 18 as being the legal age to do things. Mm -hmm. If you've read the studies on it, you already know you're still not all the way developed up here until you're 25. Right. Mm -hmm. But minimum 18, there's a, there's a really important reason for that. You're not reasoning. Mm -hmm. You're not even able to. Mm -hmm. So you basically only know what you're told. And so I really wasn't told. I mean, I, ju- I just figured I would, I figured I would marry the guy that I wrote to, you know, on his mission. Mm. And so. When did he get back? While you were in Utah or before? No, before, uh, before he called and it, it, it didn't work out then. But then when I ended up in Utah, we made contact again and we went on a couple dates and I just remember feeling very different he was a totally different person. I definitely was a different person. But I remember him asking me, so when do you want to start having kids? Mm. And he was fresh off his mission, mm. right? And I was like, I mean, I'm coming from a family of nine. I'm the third oldest. I wasn't, I didn't want to have kids right away. Mm. And I said that. And it, I mean, it basically ended after that, right? Like uh-huh. I, I wasn't going to follow that, even though I, that's what I ended up doing when I did marry. Mm. So but that was a step of independence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was heartbreaking. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I wasn't going to say, yeah, let's have a bunch of kids when I'd, I knew I didn't want that. So when you came to Utah, was it Springville? So it was Murray, actually. Right here. Yeah, it was right here in Murray. All right. Um, so I was in Germany, right? And so one of my young women's leaders, um, she said, hey, if, if you want, my mom, she, my parents in Murray, they take in teens or people who've graduated and and you can stay there for a while get a job get on your feet and then and then you know if you want and i was like sure so yeah bell meadows way that's the road um wherever that is yeah um and what did you do here i just i worked at arctic circle i had done fast food work before and so i worked at arctic circle i really liked it Mm -hmm. um and got got in touch with that missionary guy Mm. And that that then fell apart. And when that fell apart, I moved down to Cedar City. Oh, wow. So. Mm-hmm. So south, southern Utah, mm-hmm. more, very different culture there. 
Yeah, but even Salt Lake, I mean, even Murray was nothing like what I thought it would be, mm. right? You have to remember. I didn't know anything about Utah and Mormonism in Utah, mm. and I was blown away. Mm. What blew you away? Well, for one, there was a, there was a, I don't remember, someone in the neighborhood told me about it. So I went to the singles stuff, but someone told me, oh, and by the way, there's, um, just so you know, like, there's a gay and lesbian ward that meets. Mm. And I'm like, official? Like, Right now, I don't. I could care less, right? I think it's a great thing if they're meeting and, and they're finding community that way. But I never would have imagined that existed outside of Utah. So, like that, for example. I see. You know. So you're active. You came here. Came did here you, very. Did you, did you dry up? Stop the. Oh yeah, sauce? definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because so I wanted. Had, I wanted to do it right. Wow. So, so you, came, you had kind of a mission experience coming here. Well, I mean, I was testing it, right? Yeah. I was testing it for myself, mm-hmm. right? And so then when th- that heartbreak happened and I moved down to Cedar City, uh, started working a uh, restaurant there, I really didn't want to go to college. I mean, you'll see as we talk more, I'm pretty smart, but mm. I only want to study what I want to study. Mm. I don't want to do math and English because mm. it's not useful to me. <laughs> sure. So I, was never, I never really wanted to do that, and that might sound... Not very smart, but people do that. Regardless, it just wasn't it it wasn't conducive to my form of learning either. Sitting in a lecture. So why Cedar City? Um. Well, because we when that guy had moved out to Salt Lake, and he was in Delta, and that was one of his mission areas. So he was going to stay in Delta, and that's where I was at. So we were we were almost officially engaged. Mm. I was staying with a family that he knew from his mission. He was staying with another family. And then when it broke off, um, the family that he knew said to him, well, you need to get her on her feet. You brought her out here. Mm. This is not nice of you. So they helped me move to Cedar City. I see. Life Mm. there? Active? Um, Well, so, you know, what happens when you have a breakup, right? I mean, it's like, screw everything. Like... Why am I, like, at least for me, I don't know how other people are. For me, it's what was the point of all that? What was the point in trying to be religious? That didn't work. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't, and I've never been, like, a party girl like that, but um, definitely started smoking cigarettes again, mm. um, which I had started smoking off and on. I wasn't really addicted to it, but, you know, my mom did. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know... Uh, Nicotine tastes really good when you're hooked on it. Mm. I mean, when you're when you're angry, it just hits the spot, mm. and when you've had a really good day, it hits the spot too, mm. right? So it's kind of a love hate relationship. So I mean, I was smoking, but I was mostly working, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. So what happened? Um, it's interesting because um, I had a really good bishop, and I was sort of semi-active, but not not fully. And I was telling the bishop, "I just want you to excommunicate me." Just excommunicate me. And he comes over to my apartment. He was an old grandpa guy. And he goes, you don't want to be excommunicated. And I go, well, I just told you I did. You know? And he goes, but, but you wouldn't have called me. He twisted it. You, know? um, you wouldn't have called me otherwise. And so he, was a, he really was a great guy. That's the thing. I mean, I think a lot of people in the church are really good people. Mm-hmm. He had really good intentions. Um, so it, it, it was just a, it was a difficult time. I wouldn't say I was a 
fully religious at that time. I didn't know what I wanted. I, I already had some experience, right? I knew that I was learning that strict obedience doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy. And that's, for me, that's a big false idea that's put out there. Um, it's devastated me more than once in my life, that idea that if you keep all the commandments, you'll be blessed. Um, so I was learning that early. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I don't know if I really knew what I wanted. I was just working. And every now and then I would attend church and attend dances. That's a huge subject because the, uh, the LDS church operates off that uh, principle that if uh, you, wickedness never was happiness. And if you do everything that's commanded of you, uh, you will be happy. Right. And uh, when people find out that's not true, that's it's a totally great not. reason to leave. And it's just not, it's a lie. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's a total lie. It's a total lie. Yeah. And what's really difficult about that is, I mean, I really believed that. And so then you internalize it and you think there's something wrong with you. Right. Right? So if and it's that, a cycle. If you really believe that and you're down in Cedar City smoking and sometimes going to church, you must have felt like your whole world was your pro- your fault. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So the bishop, he talked you out of getting that He talked ex- me out of, yeah. So he didn't excommunicate me. Um, and there's some parts of the story I'll leave out just because they're not real necessary. But I, for, for a time... I ended up going back home to Germany. Mm. So I went home because my life was really just, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my parents if I could come home. And I went back home to Germany. Mm. Um, my hair was cut super short. It was dyed black. Oh. I had... Wish we had pictures. Oh, man, yeah. I had earrings, lots of earrings. Uh-oh, more than two. Um, I think I had a tattoo by then. I mean, I have a tattoo oh. back here. Uh, I remember it, my dad was not happy mm. with that. N- now that I have some insight on life, I, I get it. Like, I wouldn't be happy if my daughter came home yeah, like right. that either. <laughs> but I was like, what? You know, you yeah. don't love me for who I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but uh, moving back home stay? was really good. Um, I stayed oh. about a year, maybe a year and a half. I worked at a bookstore. And that was, to this day, one of my most favorite jobs. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So... The funnest part of it is you can read. Yeah. When there's not customers, you can read. Yeah. You know, and the second funnest part was when it was time to discount the books, what they would do is they would say, here's $800. You need to use this to discount the books. Okay. Choose whichever ones you want, whichever ones aren't selling, and then just put them on the discount shelf. Well, so I would choose the ones that I wanted. Wow. You nice. know, and I still have a lot of those books. Um, so, and then I, I traveled. So... I worked and I traveled. Your interest in books, primarily in fiction, nonfiction, self-help? Hmm, everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't read uh, fiction. They just love to learn from books, and some people do. Uh, just curious. So yeah, then okay. what, what happens? You're in Europe a year and a half. It's a good experience. Yeah. Bookstore. So we'll back up just a little bit. Before <coughs> I moved... To, back to Germany, um, <coughs> I was dating off and on who would be my first husband. Oh. So we dated off and on. Um, there's a lot of really funny stories, but I won't go into any of those. We're still friends to this day. Oh. I'll, I'll say that much. Okay. Um, was he LDS? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Good family. Did you like your tattoo? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh. I think so, yeah. I mean, I had a belly ring, too. I mean, I was like... Look out! I was like... Short black hair, belly ring man, tattooed. Yeah, I was... 
<laughs> Take Don't her worry. home to mom. I end up straightening out now. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, so we had dated off and on, and then I, I decide that I need to go back home. So I'm home, right, for that year and a half. And then I, this is before email, guys. This is before texting was big. So I remember getting a letter in the mail from him. And it was just so kind. And I was like, man, like, what did we break up for? Yeah. He, and even to this day, he is a great guy to have a conversation with. Huh. I mean, he, he just can, he's a very good talker, mm. very good conversationalist. So I ended up moving back and within, I don't know, how, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, so I don't know time frames, but roughly within a year or so, we ended up married. Wow. And came back. Not initially, Not no. Initially. But no. later. Later. Oh, did you get along with mom and da- his mom and dad in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great family. Really good family. You had children? So we ended up having three children in active? four years. Were you active in those four years? Definitely. Definitely. Trying to do everything right. Here in Utah, though? Here in Utah. Uh, now are we back in Cedar City? So we're in um, Cedar City. Uh, we married in Cedar City. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up living in Parowan. His father owned the ranch there, and so he worked on the ranch. Um, And so, yeah, between Cedar City, Parowan, and St. George, that's where that marriage was. And and down to Las Vegas, uh, and then we ended up divorcing after just four years. What was the cause, can I ask? Um, Irreconcilable differences. Got it. Yeah. I don't want to say too much on that, just because we we are good friends now, and, Mm -hmm. and... I worked really hard to maintain a good relationship with him over the years. It was a very difficult divorce, I'll say that. Mm. Um, it happened the, the day, it was supposed to happen on 9-11. That's my 9-11 memory. Wow. The little U-Haul truck was loaded up to leave Las Vegas and move back up to St. George. So when we divorced, um, uh, my youngest was one. So I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. Wow. And came up to, move back up to St. George. And you took the kids with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and then he later moved up, and he's been involved with the kids. Good. So, but those those children are grown; they're in college now. Did, did that divorce affect your activity in the church? Yeah, hmm. um, things like that always do. Yeah. I mean, when we were together, um, you know, I wanted to do everything right. I wanted to do what my parents didn't do. Hmm. I think that was a lot of it, mm-hmm. like. I feel like my parents did the best they knew how with what they had available. And I want to, you know, like we've already said, I wanted to do it right. Sure. And, I, and I thought that maybe if I did it right and did the, all the things you're supposed to do, that bad things wouldn't happen. Mm. And, you know, that, that doesn't happen. Right. So, um, but I was extremely active in the church. Um, and then after that divorce, um, for a little while, I went off the deep end. Um, because I was really hurt. Uh, no one gets married wanting to divorce, and I never wanted, it was never my intention. I know it was never my first husband's intention, it, especially within four years. Yeah. It was very difficult for, for I know for me, uh, especially because, I mean, I was leaving with three children. Yeah. They were all in diapers. So that can just give you an idea of how difficult it was yeah. without going into what it was. It's it was brutal. very difficult. Yeah. Um, but looking back, it was it was a good choice. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that became 
in and out of the in and out of church again, you know, for a couple of years, and then you know I reverted back to let's do do what we're supposed to do, and maybe I'll be happy. Wow. You know. So after a couple of years of being single, I met my current husband online back when it was not popular. Whoa. Yeah, it was I not popular at all. The oldest person I've ever met who's met someone online and married him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you're yeah. not old, but still. Yeah. Yeah. That's back amazing. when it was, I mean, uh, it was not popular. Plenty of fish, LDS singles. Yeah, it was LDS. I think it was LDS was it, singles. Uh, yeah. So he's LDS. Yeah. Yep. You meet so him that online. Was, so that was the criteria, right? It was like, now you have to realize, though, I mean, I did not need to get married. Yeah. Financially, I was okay. Uh-huh. I, and so now when I look back on this, these are things I'm grateful for. Um, when I dated after my divorce, I dated, I would say, you know, quite a bit for someone who has three children, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I wasn't looking to get married. I wasn't looking to fall in love. I mostly wanted companionship, and I wanted to talk with someone who'd been through what I'd been through. Mm. Um, but I did want to make sure that they were active. That was like active in church was like number one, mm. right? That was top of the list. Wow. Which is proving to be extremely difficult now. Very. I don't know how people do it now. It's really tough. Uh, did this turn out to be a temple marriage? Yes, but not from years later, right? Because you can't get a temple marriage until you've been... Well, at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time, you couldn't get married in the temple until you were uh, married for at least a year. Mm. But we actually waited six years because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be with him forever. Well, that's unique. That's honest. So it was six years before... <laughs> it took we, you the six years to... Okay, uh, you're an eternal mate. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, now it's dissolved, yeah. you know, but, but it was a big deal. Like sure. it is a big deal. Do I want to be with you in the next life? And I'm curious, your first three with your first husband, uh-huh. are they sealed to him and you? Well, I don't know who they're sealed to now that I've left the church. But prior oh. to leaving, were they sealed to him? No, and- what they told us was that it'll all work out. <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know who they ended up being with, actually. Because wow. they did break the ceiling with my first husband. Oh. They had, they had to break that in order yeah. to be sealed to my current husband. Oh, okay. So they did that. And then the current husband. And they, the three weren't sealed to him, too. No. With the two of you. Okay. All right. All right. Th- these yeah. things get really uh, mixed up with the way the And LDS it was very doctrine. difficult. I mean, like, so all those children had to wait outside. Wow. So five of our children had to wait outside while we were sealed. Wow. But at the same time, I was doing what I thought was right. So your second husband brought two to the marriage, uh-huh. and you had the three. That's the five. They mm-hmm. waited outside. Were yeah. they happy? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, with the marriage that... I mean... The Brady I Bunch guess. coming I mean, together. With, I mean, with what they knew, I guess. I don't know. I haven't asked them. So with husband two, you, uh, how did it go? Active again? Um, you had to have been somehow because yeah, you got sealed. I mean, yeah, and I was trying to do everything right again. Again. Again, trying to do everything right. And when you say that, let our audience know what that means to somebody who's LDS, trying to do everything right. Basically, that means reading your scriptures every day, going to church every Sunday, the full three hours, keeping the Sabbath day holy. Uh, when you're a woman, that means you know cooking all the meals. Making bread. My mom never did that, but you know, I thought it was you know the thing. Doing do. everything. Doing, right. That's what I mean by everything, um, and doing everything gladly. Mm. 
Uh, so a good, cheerful heart about it. Yeah. Tithing. Tithing. Yeah. And the family evening and teaching the children good Accepting values. callings. Yes, definitely accepting callings. Yeah. And in terms of callings, where where did you usually land? Like Gospel doctrine teacher. Well, kind of like your mom. Yeah, kind of like my mom. Well, uh, I taught um, Sunday school. That was Sunday school was probably my favorite. I taught the 14, 15-year-olds. Oh, wow. It, it was the best. Mm. Um, but we also played a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, mostly teaching callings. Mm. Um, and then I, I had a realization, probably one of the hardest ones, uh, when my, my oldest child... He was my most difficult teenager. Mm. Um, it's not a bad thing. Mm. I was difficult. I was mm. extremely difficult as a teenager. At the same time, no one prepares you as a parent mm. how to handle that. And you don't know that it's ever going to end mm. when you're raising them, right? Like when you're raising them, you're like, man, how can my kid just say he hates my guts? Like yeah. after everything I've done, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was really hard. And I would say... When he was about 13, 14, my world in religion really crashed mm. because, you know, I was always fighting this battle of, wait a minute, I've been taught that if I do what I'm supposed to do, we'll be blessed. Mm. And that's not happening, mm. right? And over and over and over again, it's not happening. Mm. And with his struggles, it became extremely personal. Mm. So... It was just, I mean, I didn't leave the church then, right? I, I wasn't even inactive, but it, there was a paradigm starting to really shift mm. where I was learning this is, that part is not right. Yeah. Like, and why didn't someone tell me? Mm. If I would have just been told that it, even if you do everything right, you're still going to have really horrible trials, mm -hmm. you know? Which yeah. they do say that, but it's not really highlighted. No. And they, they promote the people who have the appearance of nothing ever really going wrong. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who always have everything going right. So they look like the role models. Right. So you automatically believe, yeah, you really have to do everything right in order to become right. one of them. And you think it's possible that you sure. can do everything right, which yeah. is also not true. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really interesting uh, because, uh, what was I thinking here? Your uh, experience in having your religious view crack was personal it yeah. was hey i'm doing everything right and it's not working other people's is doctrinal mm -hmm. someone in the ward offends them right they want to just go out and live wild but yours was look i'm trying initially yes. and there's a lot of people who are like that they're mm -hmm. they they women especially my i think my wife kind of had that you know how come no one gets up in sacrament meeting and says my life sucks right yeah right and, and that so she has kind of a similar thing that you do yeah. So then what happens? Your, your 14, 15-year-old has given you a run for your money. Yeah. How's he doing today? Um, oh, he's fabulous. He's doing really well now. So for those watching, I mean, if you have teenagers, they do grow up. Um, the worst teenagers turn out to be mom's favorite teenagers, yeah, they, brothers and sisters. He, uh, it, well, it was really difficult because he ended up going to live with his dad. Mm. And I did not know how detrimental that was going to be to me. Um, it was never intended to be a forever thing, like go live with your dad and stay there for the rest of high school. Um, initially, it was just go there for a few months and find out that dad has rules too. Um, but now that, now that I can see the whole picture, I mean, 
anyone would be stupid to not jump at the chance to have their son, mm-hmm. right? After yeah. not having him. So I don't, I don't have any animosity towards my former husband mm. for keeping him, but it really broke my heart. And that, that happens one by one with each of my three sons that I had with him. One by one, they end up going to stay Damn. with him. Yeah. Are any of those three sons active in the LDS church? The oldest one is. Oh, okay. He just got married in the temple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's that, that happens, you know. I we mean, have the residuals. He fell in love. That was really the big thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, did you stay? Did you did you stay outside? Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, they did do a ring ceremony. Oh. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening now in your life? You're with no at this point with this kind of crumble going on. It's more. It's like the third time that you've talked about mm-hmm. that you've tried to do everything. It hasn't yeah. worked. And then what snowballed to the yeah. point where you're sitting here now, not as a member? Right. Um, well, I mean, and as I alluded to earlier off camera, I mean, when I, re- when I remarried, I was so naive to think that I wouldn't have any problems. Hmm. I mean, I fully, I pretty much knew I wouldn't have the same problems that I had in my first marriage because I was very particular. Um, but no one would have prepared me. Like, wh- why was I so naive to think I wouldn't have any problems? Right, know. like, but I was, mm. I was, even in my twenties. You know, mm. I thought, but, but maybe it was because I thought I was doing it right. You know? When you say any problems, are you talking about like you, you even don't just get normal, sick? even just normal disagreements? I mean, oh, I mean, you mean getting oh, along. Oh. I mean, just getting along in marriage, just the marriage dynamic of being married. Well, marriage right? is tough. It's hard. Holy crap! Don't yeah. do it if you don't want to work. Yeah. Oh, that right on. You know, that should be uh, on every marriage certificate before you sign it. It's, Kids have no... My son, who just got married, has no idea what he got himself into. Yeah, yeah. None of us do. Right. But, um, so, you know, very difficult over the years. It's extremely difficult raising children in a stepfather situation. It was really difficult to love his children, even though I love them so much now. And they Mm -hmm. really, really... It's incredible that all of the older children have turned out. I mean, they are all really, really good kids, mm. really stellar, all in college. Mm. You know, that's that's a big deal. Sure. Um, so, yeah, just just normal life. Um, and as far as where I'm at with the church, how that started, where did that start, man? Basically, I mean, it's kind of simple. One day, I was thinking. And the thought crossed my mind, why would I let anybody, in a religion or out of a religion, tell me what books I can read? Mm. Right, oh. Because I had always taught classes. I had always taught gospel doctrine, Sunday school, and the, the manuals tell you. Yeah. Only use material from Deseret Book or that we've said is okay to use. And that thought popped into my head. Why would I let anyone tell me what I can read. It's one thing to say, don't drink coffee, don't smoke, don't, you shouldn't do. But to tell me what I'm going to read? Mm. That was the thought. Wow. And that's where it snowballed. Wow. That's so fascinating because you loved books mm-hmm. as a kid. You, you, your mom, you weren't right. a TV person. Right. Books were important to you. And then the religion that you were willing to not drink coffee and not do this 
When they told you, look, you can't read these, you, that was a, a breaking point. It for was. You. I mean, I'm, I'm, looking back, I wish I would have realized it earlier. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, that's that's what it was. And so then, after I had the thought, I was like, well, what should I read first? Ooh. Like, what are you going to choose, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, I did go to some college, and um, I studied criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And my favorite class in there was case law, mm. for some reason. I loved it. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to read the congressional records mm. from every state that the saints were in. Missouri, wow. Illinois, Utah. I want to find out what was their side of the story. Wow. I didn't want to read the news. right? I didn't want to read, like, I wasn't interested in newspapers because I, I'm well aware that they spin it how they want sure. to spin it. But I wanted to... Uh, the fun part about congressional records is you're reading the conversations they were having mm. around Mormonism. Oh. And, you know, we were always taught, right, that everyone had it out for the church. That is so not true. Mm. When you read those accounts all the way back, mm. they were they genuinely cared about the saints wow. and wondered, you know, like, how can we help them realize? I mean, I saw love and compassion in those records mm. that I was never taught. Mm. And when you get into Utah statehood, it's even worse. Mm. I mean, when we get into polygamy later, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but it's nothing like what I was taught. Nothing. Mm. So that's where I started. I started with congressional records. That's it. That, that in and of itself is amazing. Who does that? I've never heard of anyone doing that. And that gave you a perspective that was different from what you had been taught your whole life. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. So uh, even like with, what was his name, Lillian Boggs, and uh, did any of that come up? Or uh, you may not remember, you probably read a lot, but they, they just paint some of the, uh, some of the government as, federal government, as mm-hmm. so ready to annihilate them. But in your experience, you didn't come across... It's not true. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not true. Wow. With everything the saints went through. I mean, think of what country we're talking about. We're talking about America, who is the most tolerant country mm. for religion. Mm. Yeah, they weren't, it wasn't the story I was told. So what happened from there? Um, what else did you start reading? Well, all kinds of stuff now. I mean, now I'm, I, I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm reading how cult mind control works, mm. the methods they use. Mm. It's fascinating. Sure. I mean, uh, psychology. One thing lately that I'm really upset about is there was a quote by Joseph Smith that I hung on to for a long time. And so before I left Germany, I was called to teach Relief Society at 17. Mm. Okay. And one of the first lessons I did was on the temple. And even though I had never been to the temple. And it was when I found it was when I found this quote and Joseph Smith said, Doubt and fear cannot reside in the mind of man alongside faith. One or the other will leave. Well what is that supposing? What is the assumption? Tell if you're me. faithful, you won't doubt. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or if you're doubting, you don't have faith. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's both. Right. Well that's a lie. It is a lie. You can have many emotions all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, so but 
even the small things like that where mm. the more I learn and the more I read, mm. I'm blown away. So uh, why do you think, and this is mm-hmm. a, a, a question that you obviously can answer, but yeah. what is your opinion of why the church tells its members not to read or only to read church authorized oh, stuff? Oh, you know the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, I've told people, I've, I still have some friends in the church, and I say to them, because uh, one family in particular asked me, who's known me for a long time, they like, couldn't believe I left the church. Mm. And I said, let me tell you something. If you don't want to leave the church and you want to hang on, don't read the history. My opinion is anyone who reads the history with a critical mind asking questions, that's the thing with, with mind control and just the way psychology works, I'm fully convinced that anyone can convince themselves of anything. Yeah. I no matter so. what. I you can so. convince yourself the Mormon church is the only true yeah. church. You can convince yourself it's of the devil. Yeah. You can convince yourself anything yeah. based on what you read yeah. and, what, and your frame of mind. Mm-hmm. So if you read church history and you're just trying to hold on to your testimony, you will. Mm-hmm. You will. Mm-hmm. You'll read it and you'll, you, will, you will solidify all of your current feelings. But if you read it with a critical mind and you read it like I did, and really my, my number one question was why? Mm. Why? Just ask and read and think and don't and just like shed the shed the scales and just read everything you can and then make a decision. And if you still want to be in the Mormon church, go ahead. I couldn't agree with you more. Hand in hand with that uh, thought, which I agree with. Do you believe that people find what they want uh, to find? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you assign that same assessment to yourself? that you find in your life what you want to find? I think it's, it's psychology. It's basic yeah. psychology. Yeah. Anyone, everyone does that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. The, the trick is you have and to kind of uh, yourself, realizing you're finding what you want to find, say, okay, I'm finding what I want to find. What don't I want to find? And can I see that too? It's really hard. Right, yeah. right. What's really interesting, um, I have a stack of printouts like about this thick on mind control and how it works. At the same time of that research, I studied just, I just wanted to know just how the subconscious mind works with our conscious mind. And literally the steps to making, so if you, if you read or watch anything on how to change your life, mm. how to quit smoking, how to quit drinking, how to quit whatever, you realize it's the same exact steps to find out if the Mormon church is true. Wow. You've got to have a desire. Think of Moroni 10-4. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a desire. You mm-hmm. can't just want to know maybe. Yeah. You have to have emotion behind it. You yeah. have to really want to know. Mm. And you have to really ask and you have to really want an answer. Mm. But part of that is, especially within the church, your subconscious mind only knows how to go back to what it's already been told. Mm. It doesn't live in the future at all. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're being taught by someone, do these steps, have a desire, pray if the Book of Mormon is true, which is already presupposing that it is, mm-hmm. it's no wonder most people get the yes, sure. because they were already primed for the yes. Yeah. And it's true with anything. Yeah, it is. So yes, you can find whatever you want. But, but my biggest problem with the church 
is that they're not telling everyone the full picture. Mm-hmm. If everyone, if everyone in the Mormon Church was fully aware of of the way it's all operating, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm right with you. But that's I, not I agree that's with not you. what's happening. Right. Give people the freedom to accept it with its warts and all. Right. And yeah. and my thing, my whole thing was, uh, with certain doctrines like polygamy and blood atonement. It's like, okay, if polygamy was ever godly, and if it was ever considered truth, then why would you hide it? Mm. Why would you why would you deny it? Why would you keep it from the people? Why mm. would you why would you do it that way? If it was really true, if it was really of God, you'd never be ashamed of it. Mm. At least from what I know about God and what's sure. godly. Right. You know, so yeah. it's just a simple um, manifestation that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you hide in anything. Uh, anything. Yeah. Anything that you're hiding and, and really anything that you justify. Yeah. Because justifying implies yeah. that you really shouldn't be doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it means, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. So you have now really uh, taken your love for books. You've blossomed mm. out. You ignored the advice. Yeah. You read the uh, congressional record. You're reading other things. And now what? Yeah. So, I mean, I will say. You're married. Are you, are you having more children no, with your second no, no, husband? No, 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 no more. No more no kids. More. No. no more. Not now. I mean, uh, did you have, uh, he brought three, you brought well, we three. Had two brought two. We, you had three, two we had two together. We had three together. We had three together. together. Yeah. Okay. And uh, their age range just blew me away. Mm. She has a child 25 and in mm. college, mm. and she has a child 7. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. So we have, uh, we're going to stop there. Okay. We've gone over time. My Seth just gave me the signal. Part two, we're going to now Im- embark on what this uh, fine woman is known for mm. around these parts and what she's blossomed into, mm. blossomed into and what she's doing with all of her past experience that we've just talked about. Uh, tune in for the next segment uh, with Angela Kelly. <laughs> 